the next episode, the next chapter to the secret of Paradise Cove. Well, Jorge approached Caleb. You remember, he's the head electrician, kind of second in command. And he says, I want to give you something, Caleb, and I want you, if you would, to please give this to those two boys. Remember those two boys, uh, Luis, Miguel, who were fighting on the soccer field there? And, you know, my heart kind of went out to them, and I want to give them this. And this is a 1993 World Series baseball signed by the Philadelphia Phillies. And could you just give this to them? And Caleb looks at him and says, well, Jorge, why don't you give it to them yourself? And Jorge says, you know, I, that would be like awkward and I'd rather it just be anonymous. And so Caleb says, sure, I can do that. And walks over to them because they're gathered in the, the uh, cafeteria there and they're having their little small group. And Caleb, right before the meet, their group starts, Caleb says, hey, guys, um, there's a gentleman uh, that's an employee here and he wanted me to just give this baseball to you and and he described the baseball to the Philadelphia Phillies 1993 and the guys looked at it and they're saying that is amazing Philadelphia Phillies they're like my favorite team like of course they're everybody's favorite team right and and 1990 when they were in the World Series this is amazing thank you so much Mr. Caleb we really appreciate this Caleb then looks at <coughs> David and says hey David uh, during lunch, I just want to grab some time with you and Lizzie. Uh, I want to tell you about something. And David says, sure, see you then. David then turns to Luis and Miguel, and he says, hey guys, listen, this is our new small group. As we're beginning this one this week, uh, I just want to start off by asking you, what what is your past like, tell me a little bit about yourself. So, Luis, he's a little bit more outgoing than Miguel, and he jumps right in. He says, well, to be honest with you, Mr. David, um, our life has been pretty hard. Our, our our mother passed away when we were like, I don't know, what, Miguel, three or four? And and so all of this responsibility is was now on our dad, and he really took it hard. And unfortunately, he started turning to alcohol. Uh, he ended up losing his job. And as I remember, um, we were about five years old. And he had no way to support us. And he took us to the orphanage. And Miguel says, yeah, yeah, we, we've been there for, I guess, like eight years now. David looked at him and says, wow, guys, I am really so sorry about that. Can I ask you today, how does that make you feel? And Luis said, well, to be honest with you, it really hurts. Um, I, I guess angry that our dad would do that to us. Miguel says, yeah, and afraid. And David looked at him and he said, afraid. And like, in what way are you afraid? Tell me about that. He says, well, honestly, we're afraid, I guess, of loving God. We're afraid, I guess, that if we love God and he then began to know what we are really like, that, I don't know, maybe he would stop loving us and leave us. And David looked at him and he said, you mean kind of like what your dad did? And he said, well, yeah, I guess. And David said, I, I want to just ask you guys a question. And he said, if... If you were to use this baseball and purchase anything that you would like with this baseball, so you got to give up this baseball for something else, what would that be? 
Bruce looked at Miguel and said, uh, I'd like to have my mom back. And maybe your dad, too, you know, if his heart changed. Miguel looked up and he said, Luis, come on, that's not reality. That's never going to happen. Honestly, Mr. David, I would say I'd be willing to give it up for a pet dog. Luis says, yeah, yeah, a good pet dog. And David says, okay, well, tell you what. Let's assume that you get this pet dog, but he doesn't obey you very well. He doesn't eat his food. He constantly runs out the door. and You've got to chase him down. And he loves eating your shoes. Would you get rid of him? Would you leave him? And they looked at each other and Luis Miguel, they said, well, no, of course not, because we love him. And they say, okay, that, that, that's absolutely true. Can I just suggest to you that Jesus, kind of like this baseball, I guess, Jesus gave up his life, which is pretty valuable. He did that for you. Jesus laid down his life because he loves you. And you know what? I don't think that if Jesus got to know you, and you know what? He knows you pretty well right now. Sins, flaws, and all, that he would ever be willing to not love you. He will never stop loving you. And he will never leave you. Because just like you've given up this baseball, I'm going to guess that you would love that dog more than this thing. Because this thing can't lick you in the morning. It can't greet you. It can't love you when you're sad. But a dog can. And that dog would love you. And I just want to suggest to you that you are so valuable to Jesus. And that's why he would surrender his life for you. He will always love you no matter what. You know, there's a passage in the Bible, and David opened up his Bible, and he said it's actually the story Jesus gave of the lost son. And the lost son had received an inheritance very early, uncommon, in in Israel, and, and he used that money, and he spent it all, and he had nothing left. And how is he going to support himself? How is he going to eat? Where is he going to live? And he thought, you know, maybe if I go back to my dad, maybe if I did that, but surely... Would he even accept me? Maybe as a hired hand. And this is what the Bible says, David said. When he came to his senses, he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And I'm going to guess that if the father was willing to do that for his son, how much more would Jesus always love you and welcome you and never stop loving you and certainly never leave you. Guys, I just want you to think about that, okay? Well, it was lunchtime and Caleb and Lizzie and David were gathered around and David says, hey guys, I just want you to know that while I was in Mr. Stevenson's study the other day, I was reading a book, uh, it's called The uh, The Real Stories of the Pirates of the Caribbean, and the last chapter is about the last pirate in the Caribbean, and his name is Captain Avery Scott. And I was opening it up, and this letter fell out, and I, I, I want you to just read it. And I want you, at the very end, there's a riddle. Lizzie looks up and says, really, a, a riddle? And so he says, yeah, go ahead and read it. And so they just took a moment and they read through it and they read the riddle. And and Caleb says, you know what? As, as I was reading that, I had to ask, why is this letter in this book? Unless, you know what? Maybe 
This guy, Jonathan, whoever this is, that was his book. And you know, maybe this is the island and the lighthouse that the riddle talks about is on this island at the North Shore. And David looked up at him and he said, now guys, I mean, this is probably a long shot, but maybe this Jonathan, I mean, think about it. Maybe he is our great-great-grandfather, Jonathan Nolan. Caleb looked at him and he said, man, that really is a long shot. But David said, well, think about it. He was a pirate. He lived in Martinique in the orphanage that these kids are from, which is only several miles, what, 15, 20 miles away. I don't know. Maybe this isn't just the island, but maybe it's great-great-grandpa's. Maybe that's a letter written to him. And they said, well, Lizzie says, well, what else does it say again? And Caleb Brady says, okay, so neath the lighthouse at shore's end, where summer sun's rays begin to bend and shine through sea and sail to lend a view to riches without end. And Lizzie thought about that. And she said, you know what? Yeah, I'm sure the light, that's the lighthouse. If this is the island, that's got to be the lighthouse on the North Shore. But that means it's underneath the lighthouse. But what would... Wow, what would this sea and sail, and how does the sun even shine through a sail? And David said, well, to be honest with you guys, the only way we're going to find this out is if we go there. And Dick Caleb said, you know what, you're right. We're, we're going to need to go there, and we're going to need to try and figure this out. And Lizzie said, I love adventures. So Caleb said, look, we've got lots of, act lots of activities after lunch. How about at 4.30, we meet up here in the lobby, and then we go and we try and figure this out. And they're all thumbs up about that. So at 4.30, they meet. They walk the mile or so, about 15, 20 minutes to the lighthouse. And they're looking all around. And Caleb says, guys, I, I don't see any clues here that would help us understand this idea of a, a sea and sail. I mean, there's the sea, but where's the sailboat? Now, David had been peering through the window on the west side of the lighthouse. And he says, guys, you're not going to believe this. Look inside the lighthouse here on the first floor. Caleb and Lizzie, they press their faces up to the window and they say, oh my goodness, it is a glass sculpture of a sailboat with water, glass water all around it. That is awesome. And Lizzie says, well, we, we got to go inside and, and, and see this and figure it out. And Caleb looks over and he says, David, don't worry about the door. It's already locked and I've checked it. And Lizzie looks at him and says, David, what are you doing? And what is that in your hands? Oh my goodness, David, my brother, the lock picker. And David looks at him and says, hey, you know what? I just picked it up online. What? I figured it might come in handy like right now. Eh, you'll thank me later. And suddenly the door pops open. And Caleb says, I told you. And Lizzie looks up at him and says, wow, that's awesome, David. And they walk in and David says, uh, you know, I'm sorry, what did you say? Was that thank you? And as they gather inside and they're looking at this, they say, okay, it's the sun's rays through the sea and sail. Hey, Caleb asks, where's the sun about now? And David says, well, look, it's on the floor here and it's about ready to shine through all the way through this window on the west side as it's setting. So... Why don't we just wait? It's, it's probably going to be a little while. And so they sat down and they're waiting to see what's going to happen when the sun shines through 
that window under the sail. Caleb looks at David and he says, Hey, did Lizzie tell you about her adventure yesterday? And David says, Uh, well, yeah, like, hmm, four times. And Lizzie says, Oh, I did not. You asked questions. And he said, Well, to be honest with you, for the record, two questions, and you filled in the rest, like a lot of the rest. And Lizzie looked at him, looked up at him and he said, Wow. Thanks a lot, brother. I thought you actually cared for me. And he looks at her and he says, well, for the record, I do care about you. And I did care about you. And I'm really sorry. And I hope you're feeling better today. But Caleb, what part of the story would you like me to tell you? Because I think I have it memorized. And Caleb says, well, when we were in there, we had our flashlights. Thank the Lord for underwater flashlights that are Water, water resistant. He says, and we were shining it around. It's huge, 150 feet high, 50 feet wide. And it, we, we swam for like 100 yards and it still kept going. This cave still kept going. And he says, guys, when I was reading that chapter on Captain Avery Scott, their ship was called the Phantom. And it was called the Phantom because it would be able to disappear into storms. It would be able to, as it came around an island, it would be able to suddenly disappear. Guys, what if? This is the island of Captain Avery Scott, and he was able to pull his sailboat in this lagoon right into that cave. Guys, we got to check it out, like tomorrow. And everybody says, awesome, we love an adventure. About this time, Lizzie says, hey guys, the light is, look at this, the light is starting to shine through. Watch it as it's going through this, the, the curved sail. And Caleb says, concave. And she looks at him and says, what? And he says, concave, the sail, it's concave. And she kind of rolls her eyes. Okay, thank you. Technically, the sail is concave and it's curved so that when the light shines through it, look at the other side of the wall. Now, boys and girls, that sunlight that was beginning to set was shining through the window, through that sail and coming to a point on the wall about this big. And they walked over there and a stone probably about this big the light was shining right on the bottom portion. And they said, what does this mean? Now that it's shining on this stone, David says, I think I have an idea. And he walks up to the stone. Listen to this, boys and girls. He walks up to the stone and he pushes the stone and it moves about a half inch, pushes it again about an inch more and pushes it really hard and it goes in a couple of inches and then pops back out. And then suddenly a door in the wall opens up a stone door. Lizzie looked up at her brother and said, I think I have a pretty smart brother. Caleb looks at her and says, well, thank you very much. And David says, hey, 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 that was for me. Thank you so much. Let's open it up. And so Lizzie opens up the door and she's shining her flashlight and there's a stairwell that circles around down into a room. And Lizzie said, guys, let's go down and explore this. And Caleb said, well, look, if this is anything like great grandpas, you know, that's, that's how they opened the study door in his attic by pushing it and it popped open. And if it's anything like that, and this is anything like the cave under his estate, there may be booby traps. Are we ready for booby traps? And David said, well, you know what, guys? 
um, those booby traps weren't real exciting last time, like years ago. And I'm looking at my watch, and we need to be back here in just a little while. We have enough time to walk back. Let's check this out tomorrow. And as they shined the light down in there, one last time the thought came to them. Is there buried treasure somewhere underneath this lighthouse? And if there is, where does it lead? Where does this tunnel lead? Are there booby traps? Well, boys and girls, we're going to have to find out a little bit more to this story next week. And we'll have to find out what they say. But I want you to think about what David said to Miguel and to Luis. Because God loves you so much, he was willing to give his only son, Jesus, for you. And he gave up his life so that you would be his. He will always love you. He will never leave you, no matter what. No matter what we do, he will always love you. I want you to think about that. Boys and girls, I look forward to telling you some more of the story next week.